Welcome to Education Matters, presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm your host, Marianne Wolf. Today, we are absolutely thrilled to be joined by North Carolina's finest, the Regional Teachers of the Year. These include Eugenia Floyd, who is also the 2021 Burroughs Welcome Fund North Carolina Teacher of the Year, who is from Chapel Hill Carborough City Schools, Susanna Serrato, who is from Asheville City, Nicole Rivers from Cumberland County, Jennifer Bryan from Brunswick County, Erin Ellington from Watauga County, Kelly Poquette from Alamance Burlington, Jennifer Atkinson from Edenton Shawan, Cecilia Sizo Robertson from Charlotte Mecklenburg, and Jeremy White from Westlake Preparatory Academy. Welcome everyone. One of the things that we're hearing a lot about right now is our as teachers and how are we going to continue to recruit but also retain teachers because of a lot of the challenges you all have outlined already. So we'd love to hear a little bit about the recommendations that you all have for how do we recruit and how do we do a better job of retaining teachers, those that might be thinking about leaving, what can we do, or just how do we support teachers long-term so they wanna stay in the field? Kelly, I'd love to start with you. I think this is a multifaceted approach. It has to be, right? There is no one answer for how are we gonna recruit and keep our teachers. Um, one possibility is in Alamance County, we have a new program that just started this year called Alamance Scholars. And that helps students who are in high school, you identify them early high school, maybe even late middle school, and be like, oh, you want to be a teacher? Great. So how, here's some courses to take in high school. There's a mentor, like a full-time person that's helping them along the way. They go to, I believe, Alamance Community College for two years and Elon for two years, and they serve in Alamance Burlington School System for three to four years. This is not the only program in our state that exists like this. There are several that I've heard of. Hopefully more come along the way that we can encourage the people that are, encourage our talent to stay where it is right now. I think we need to look at all the time that teachers put into continuing their education to broadening their skills and are we compensating teachers for that? If they're learning getting a master's degree or a doctorate and then they bring all of that into the classroom and they see nothing else in their paycheck, what is the motivation necessarily besides learning to continue on and to continue to grow as a teacher? We're behind in other states. I've taught in five states. North Carolina is my fifth state. And every state has paid for master's degrees and doctorates. And when I got here, I was like, whoa, <laughs> okay, wonder why. That seems strange. Looking and identifying and being like, hey, have you thought about being a teacher? I remember as a kid, that was a thing that happened a lot. Like, have you thought about being a teacher? Like, it just seemed common. I don't feel like we're hearing that as much in the schools anymore. It's like, have you thought about being an engineer or a doctor? Have you thought about being a teacher and planting that as a genuine career opportunity for our students? I think we also need to consider continuing funding and maybe expanding funding for the North Carolina Teaching Fellows and perhaps go beyond the, the um, focus it has of STEM education and, and um, our adaptive curriculum and exceptional children curriculum. Like you mentioned, elementary teachers, we need more of those. We need more of everything, right? So can we take those limits off and can we expand that opportunity? And when it comes to retaining teachers, we want teachers to be leaders. We want teachers, you know, want to have leadership opportunities. But again, we have this much time in a day. And if we say, can you be a leader for this and this and this, but we don't take anything away, that you're, you can't do that forever. You can't be in survival mode forever. You can't say yes to everything. So 
Perhaps I would love to see districts embrace having teacher leaders, maybe taking one class away from them so they can be out in other classrooms. Could you hire one more person in your staff who could take one class away from four different teachers or three different teachers and have a teacher leader, have it be a role? Because what happens is you're in education for a while. You want to, you know, advance. So maybe you teach at a different level. Maybe you get your admin credential. Maybe you go to a tertiary, higher education. Again, we're losing that leadership in the classroom because there isn't like a, te a teacher leader role that's official. So I'd love to see some more formal ways of having teacher leaders in our districts, in our state. We're talking about bringing students into the teaching field. Um, really, I've had students look at me sometimes on a daily basis when I'm doing all the things and dealing with behaviors and dealing with students that don't have their supplies and dealing with, you know, all the paperwork and all the things. And they're like, Ms. Rivers, I don't know how you do this. I mean, honestly, this is what they're looking at. They are looking at me. And, you know, I love interacting with them. I enjoy it. I enjoy teaching students, but it is definitely um, a challenge and, and we juggle a lot of things in a space. And the kids look at all of those things and to them, they're like, that's a lot, you know. And so I think that we need to counter that with you know, a community and a culture, even within the building that shows that there is support, there's appreciation, there's compensation, all the things that everyone has said before me, because the kids need to see a whole picture. Like, yes, you work really hard, but the rewards are great and they are multifaceted. They are not just financial, but they are with community. They are with, with appreciation from parents. You get a lot of love from students because they want to, they're looking at it and they see the costs are high to be in this position and to do it at a particular level. And so they have to know that they're going to, to get a, a great reward for that. People would ask me when I'm out and about, well, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a teacher. And then they're apologizing and feeling sorry for me. Wait a minute. I love my job. You know, so why is it that the public has a perception, not that my job isn't sacrificial, but that I'm a sacrifice. That's different. Like y'all are treating me like I am a sacrifice. Like my life is just so whatever. I'm don't apologize. I love what I do, why are you apologizing? Because these kids today, well, you need to change your perspective on children and what it means to work with kids. And you need to change your perspective on what I do in a day. And these are some things that we need to consider, like as, a, as the public itself needs to consider. How are you advertising teachers, educate, education, what it means to be in the classroom? I, we have a lot of fun with our kids. Those kids get more socialization in our spaces than they do anywhere else. It's challenging, but it's also rewarding. And we are there and we support them through all the things. And we're there with them a lot of times more than even their parents because of how the work they work. We need to challenge uh, the public to do better because if you want your children to be enthusiastic about learning, then we may need to fight for what it means to be in a classroom. And that is a privilege. And it is a privilege that not every country has, not every child has. And so we need to, to put some honor, some respect back on the profession, you know? So that that is yeah. how I feel about that. And I think that will go a long way with retention because I, you know, people would feel like what they're doing is being honored, respected, and it's worthwhile. You're not pouring your heart into something just for not, not, not just children, because a lot of children don't even say that, but the public, to say you're not doing you're not doing we've had yeah we've had politicians in public arenas say we're glorified babysitters wait pause 
Yeah. We have sayings that say people that can't do teach, hold up. Um, some of the most talented people that I know are in a classroom sharing that love and that gifting. So we need to work on how, you know, the public is handling the profession and we need to kind of fight back in our own positive way to say, you will not steal the narrative of education or educators. It's not yours. You're not in that classroom. You have no idea what's going on. You're just selling something. After the break, we'll be back with more of our Regional Teachers of the Year. Education Matters is brought to you each week in part by Town Bank, serving others, enriching lives. Welcome back to Education Matters. We're thrilled to have our Regional Teachers of the Year with us. I know one of those great programs in the eastern part of the state, although it's in, up in Jen's region, um, Edgecombe County has a Grow Your Own program. Um, and I'm hopeful that, again, we will continue to see those expanding, especially as we're seeing the expansion of associate's degrees and educations at our community uh, colleges around the state. Um, I think there could be some really cool opportunities um, uh, that have not previously existed in some, some different pathways. As professionals, as teachers, we need to promote and speak positively about our profession. Of course, we have challenges, and now is a particularly challenging time. Um, but at the end of the day, like my colleagues have said, this is still a very fulfilling, rewarding, enriching profession. And we have to, to let people in on that secret. Uh, you know, we have, to, we have to promote ourselves well to encourage others to come and join us in this really, really important and meaningful work. Um, so whether that means creating um, future teacher clubs at your schools or teacher cadet programs, um, I do teach at the high school level. Um, and I teach juniors, you know, who are in that space of kind of really starting to think about what comes next. And um, I myself need to do a better job at speaking encouraging words and pointing students towards education as a meaningful um, and really rewarding career path. People want to feel valued and appreciated. People want to feel like they are growing and learning and able to expand their impact. And with that expanding impact and with that expanding growth and learning becomes expanded compensation. So um, and I don't think one of those things is enough. You can't just do the appreciation without the compensation or the compensation without the appreciation. I was encouraged um, at some things that I saw come out of this last budget, um, particularly the recurring supplement for low wealth counties, um, that supplement assistance. I think that hopefully will begin to ease some of the staffing issues that um, exist for our hard to staff counties and our low wealth districts. I think that's a small baby step in the right direction and I hope to see continued progress going there because I do think we have a real um, emerging crisis on our hands and a lot of geographic inequities when it comes to where um, we're seeing these teacher shortages. I mean we're seeing them across the board even in our, our wealthier districts and in our more um, urban districts, but I particularly have some fears for our rural counties uh, where we have large numbers of teachers who are getting ready to retire and there's no one moving home to replace them. So um, I think there's a lot of work to be done, but I think a lot of it starts with us as the professionals in the field to say, hey, come join us. And once you're here, let's, uh, let's work together to make this as an enjoyable profession as we can. I've also noted just looking across the state for the first time ever that I know of, we have shortages in elementary school teachers as well. And 
you know, that's always been an area where, you know, you were worried, can I get a job if I, you know, and I finished and was going looking, I was very worried. And I think about that. And now we have shortages in that area and there's still very high qualifications and all of those things, but it's very worrisome when we don't have the pipeline, right. That we've talked about that we need. So just appreciate you mentioning that as well. Eugenia, what do you think we can do for the to increase the recruitment and also support that retention of our educators? This is something that's been right up my alley lately. Um, I too, I, you, you all know I've been traveling the state and that has been a concern for me. And that is something that I've been checking in on, you know, when we think about the number of teachers within a school building. Well, if there's not enough, those classrooms that are there get larger. And that's a fact. Um, so one of the things that I, I agree with what Jenny Bryan was saying, one of the first things I was thinking about is we need to shift our conversations and language around this the teaching as a profession. I can have an even greater impact on my students when I have the buy-in and support from their families. Like it is, it is always like that. It, it, you will have much success and students will grow and thrive when the when the same kids are getting the same message at home as they're getting at school, right? Um, and I just, I appreciate that. I appreciate when my families work with me like that. I say all that to say that this is a community work and I don't, I agree with Jenny. It definitely has to be promoted with me as well, but I also think that this is a community effort. The schools we know have become, well, they are, always have been, and even more so now, are essential places for our community. And this could be as simple, when we think about this language, this could be as simple as showing kids how vital and important the job of an educator is to the community. Uh, I thought about when I think about my kids doing great in a math problem or finding out like a great word in the in their book that they're reading or dictionary and doing all the strategies that they do because they're awesome. I think about those things and I'm thinking to myself, well, if they're doing so great in math, I can also let them know that, hey, you would be a great mathematician or engineer, but you'd also be a great math teacher. You'd also be a great carpentry teacher. You'd also be a great animal science teacher. And I really believe that we have to shift our language, not just as educators, but also as a whole community. Um, we're going to need someone in these spaces, in these communities that will feel empowered and that they are contributing to their community. That is the number one reason why I got into education is I wanted to serve Chapel Hill schools because that's where I came from. And I wanted to be a servant to that community. We have to empower children in that way as well. So when we see their excellence and their genius shine, we also let them know that they can do that and bring that into a classroom as well. I think it's really important that we don't always, we don't always just lose educators because they decide to go off to another area, another state or another career. Sometimes we lose them because they've decided to take other positions within the field of education. Um, and I think that we also have to remember that we need to make sure we're amplifying and providing those roles and areas where teachers can become leaders within this field. And you can be a leader within your classroom. You don't have to exit to be a leader. 
And one of the things that we as a group have really been pushing for and all around the teacher leadership councils and some people throughout um, the state, they call them superintendent advisory councils, but this is a place where educators can also lift up their voices. And that's what we want our educators to do throughout the state of North Carolina. Like we've all said, many have said on this call is, this is the perfect time to restructure and just transform education. So why not ask the people that are doing the educating? This is the perfect time to ask, hey, Ms. Floyd, what is it that keeps you in the classroom as a teacher of color and as an educator? Um, so I really think that this is, um, this is our mission as the 2021 Regional Teachers of the Year is we really want to dive into how can teachers be leaders within their districts. It's really important for me, as well as our entire regional team, that we give our educators the opportunity to share, to be heard, to be seen, to be valued, to not be given the plan but be developers of the plan. This is our whole community's work, right? Because what happens is what educators affect our students and that affects the whole state, right? Our individual communities and our whole state. After the break, we'll be back with more of our Regional Teachers of the Year. You all can see so much why we are so excited to have our Regional Teachers of the Year on with us today. And I wanna give each of them a chance to share a final word um, that maybe they haven't gotten to mention yet or something they really wanna emphasize. So thank you all so much for being here. Just two little pieces of advice, um, one for families and one for educators. We can't do it without you. And you know, even if that means a one-liner email thanking a teacher for something, even if that means a hey in the carpool line, I see you, even those little things, we, we're putting so much out into the world and sometimes you don't know, you don't know what's going on if any, if it's getting through to anybody. And so just those little tiny things make a huge difference. Families, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. For educators, I'm just echoing what everybody's already said. I had no idea before this role anything about policy and decision making, but I did have a lot of complaints about those decisions that were being made. And so um, even though it's a lot of extra, even though it's kind of something that you have to learn yourself, um, find a way to get involved with your legislators, invite them into your classroom, invite them into your schools and your district. Um, folks on this, on this um, show right now are a part of EPFP. Uh, all of these things um, are so essential. And I had no idea before that. So I, I, I would just, those are my two for families and educators. Find yourself a group like this one. Um, every single teacher needs a group of people that supports them and that pushes them and that challenges them and that agrees with them and that disagrees with them. I think too often we surround ourselves with people that think just like us um, and then we are just talking to ourselves and we're not challenged and we're not asked to think about kids that maybe we don't think about every day. Um, and so you need to find yourself a group of intelligent, passionate educators and you need to stay connected with them because in the moments when you don't wanna be passionate anymore, all it takes is a text to any one of these people and your fuel is refired. So every teacher needs that. Um, and you can't be the best for your kids if you don't have that for yourself. So get yourself out there, find some people and don't make it people who are going to support you in your moments of negativity. Make it people who are going to push you out of them.
in a first grade classroom, you find joy every day. Um, the, the happiness of coming back um, from our break and the love that I have felt within these four walls has just been amazing. And that that is um, part of what fills my cup, you know, to keep to keep going. The smiles and excitement on their faces um, to be back as a part of our classroom, classroom family. Um, and I just wanted to talk to you like what just Cece just said, um, seek out to educators, seek out the passionate people in your building and in your district and even across your region, um, find people who lift you up and challenge you to make a change. Um, this group right here, our regional team, has been has made an, an amazing influence on me personally and professionally. Um, I think we have been a true example of how a network can really work across our state to reach all of the kids in North Carolina. It's been eye-opening to me to see how things operate in other parts of the state, which helps me better serve where I am as well. And hopefully um, we... I have provided back and we all have provided for each other um, a glimpse into what the other what, what's going on across the state. And I think that's important for all teachers to have that that narrative of um, what's what education is like across our state. Find a group that makes you happy and, and, and pushes you through with that positive positivity. Um, we've all come to the table, not with negativity or complaining but we all come with solutions. And I think that's so important. We um, have been very dedicating, dedicated um, to, to solving problems and not perpetuating them. I'm teaching third grade. I have my PLC. I work in my little silo. I sometimes forget that I um, uh, have a responsibility or could have a responsibility to advocate for anything outside of these four walls. And I think as teachers, um, and honestly, as families, I say this as a parent of a first grader myself, I think it's it's more comfortable and more logical to stay in your path um, of advocate for yourself, your child and your students. But something that being a part of this group has given me both personally and professionally is the gift of collective advocacy and the power of unifying, not, well, I mean, in our case, nine voices um, into one and how and to see how far reaching that one that one unified voice can be can become. I'd like to encourage educators to seize any opportunity to be an advocate beyond um, just their classrooms four walls. Um, get to know your school board. Look for opportunities to organize in your school building. Um, things begin locally and change happens locally. And teachers, I think, have so much power when they find a group with whom they can advocate and, and learn how to do so. Uh, I've always come um, with the four agreements, um, which is do your best, be impeccable with your words, um, don't take anything personal and don't assume. And I've really tried to, in a roundabout way, tried to express that to my parents because I, by, by actionably doing it myself, we as teachers and as a community and as parents, uh, we have to get out of this mindset of those kids, those parents, those teachers. When, when, though, when everyone succeeds, when everyone from everywhere succeeds, we all succeed. Like there's no competition. We are not, I'm not worried about 
having better reading scores than my teammate. If my teammate is getting her kids where they need to be, that's great for me. That's great for my kids. That's great for me to learn from. If you start to feel some kind of resentment, don't go getting validation for your resentment. Try to get clarification for, is everybody else feeling this way and how can we change it to make it better? And if you're trying to have a cesspool of woe is me, then who do you end up hurting? You end up hurting the kids. You end up hurting the profession. You end up hurting the idea around education. We all have a responsibility because we have the most important job in the world. Thank you for taking time with us to learn and think about education. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.